Hi there. Welcome to Ask Away, a podcast where kids can ask anything about the Bible. My name is Meredith, and as always, I'm here with my own kiddos, Riley, who's nine. Hi. And Peyton, who is almost seven. But he's six. Together, we'll tell a Bible story, and Riley and Peyton are going to jump in along the way because they'll ask away about things that they notice or wonder about or think are weird. And then we'll talk about some great questions that kids like you sent in. After the show, we hope you'll join in by sharing what you noticed or what you're wondering about. You can record your questions or thoughts as a direct message on Instagram or send it recorded to askawaypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a Voxer message where there is Askaway Podcast. And if you do, we hope you'll tell us your first name and how old you are. The Bible's pretty amazing as it helps us know who God is, but it can also be pretty confusing. It's so different at times from how things are now. And so we hope you know that when it comes to God and the Bible, every question's okay. And you can ask away. We left off with God's people who are also called the Hebrews and also called the Israelites on the banks of the Red Sea newly freed from slavery in Egypt. God had come to rescue them. And Moses, his brother Aaron, and his sister Miriam were all important people for how God did that. God appeared to Moses in a burning bush, asking him to go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh the king to free the people. And then God had Aaron help Moses as he spoke to Pharaoh. After they crossed the Red Sea, Moses' sister Miriam was also a prophet, and she led the people in a song to remember their story and praise God. And then... It was off to the desert. The people began a journey through the wilderness in a dry desert place. Since they were journeying, they weren't growing fields of food. Since they left Egypt, they weren't right by the Nile, ready to get the water they needed. Now, you might remember that it was also a pretty common thing to think that a god was only in charge in their one spot. The gods of Egypt are in charge in Egypt, as one example. So now... In this wilderness, was this Yahweh God still in charge, still great, still helpful, still with them? So they're wondering, can they trust this God? Should they trust this God? Or should they trust someone else? And that was the first thing God was going to help them learn in the desert, to trust Yahweh God and not idols. So how did God help them learn that? Started with, he sent bread down heaven they didn't actually know what it was so they called it manna which means in hebrew hebrew what is it because they didn't know what it was they were allowed to collect enough manna for one day but not for two days because if they collected it for two days or more than one um, maggots would appear the next day on the uh, on the extra bread. Exactly. And so every day, the people would go out and they would find this sweet flaked food on the ground that they didn't know what it was. In my imagination, I sometimes picture it like Frosted Flakes cereal, but I have no idea what it was actually like. And God sent it for them every single day. But because they were practicing trusting God, it was every day, not saving up for the next days. And by going out for manna every single day and seeing that God had sent it every single day, they had the chance to practice learning that God would always take care of them. 
on the seventh day, though, they were wanted to collect extra. I think it was Sunday. <laughs> well, for, the, for them, actually, Sabbath was Saturday. So Friday would have been the extra day. Oh. And then that did actually did not go bad with maggots. And on the seventh day, they were meant to rest. They probably ate and slept, but they were meant to rest. Exactly. That was the second thing God was actually teaching them in the desert. God was teaching them what it would mean to be holy, which is not the same as having holes in you. It's holy, H-O-L-Y, which is a word that means set apart, distinct, unique. And this whole thing with resting on the seventh day, which is also called Sabbath, that was one way they were going to be holy, one way they were going to be different. They weren't going to work every single day. Instead, they would take a whole day to rest and to be together. And so on day six, they would collect double food. And on day seven, they would collect no food at all. And it would not have maggots in it. God would take care of them. And by practicing, stopping every week and taking a whole day to rest, they were learning what it would look like to be holy. And it was interesting because the whole reason God wanted Israel to be a holy people, different, distinct, and set apart, was because God is a holy God. In fact, Riley and Peyton, I'm curious, what are some describing words for God? Trustworthy, kind, strong, nice. Those are great describing words. Those are also words that make our God holy. That Those are words that make our God different from the other gods or idols or things that people could trust. People can trust power or money, and those things aren't kind or trustworthy. And so because we have a holy God who's different, then Israel was going to be a holy people who were different. And everybody would learn what God was like through the way Israel treated each other. So the first thing they learned in the desert was how to practice trusting Yahweh God and not idols. Then they learned how to practice living holy and different than everybody else. The third thing that they learned in the desert was how to remember. Why do you guys think it's important to remember? I don't know, but I knew how they did. They put some extra manna in a jar, and it didn't get maggots in them, and they took it everywhere they went, so they remembered that God took care of them when they gave him manna. Exactly. And they're remembering that way who God is and what God has done, right? God was the compassionate one who heard their cries in slavery. And God was the powerful one who freed them. God was the caring one who fed them every day. God was the holy one who would help them live in good ways. And so that jar of manna that they carried around helped them remember that. It was a little bit like a souvenir. And Yahweh actually doesn't have any vowels. It's just... Y eight W eight. Funny, right? The fun fact is, it the, the Hebrew language doesn't have any vowels. No, A E I O U. Uh, does it have a Y? It yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess sort of. Yes. So when we talk about the God who named Himself I Am, which we sometimes say as Yahweh God in English, that is coming from ancient Hebrew, and here's an extra fun fact, ancient Hebrew, the language that the Bible is in, is different than current Hebrew, which is spoken in the land of Israel and Palestine right now. Those communities are speaking a slightly different language than the ones from the Bible also. 
So language is fascinating. All right. So first thing God helped them practice in the desert was to trust God and not idols. The second thing God helped them practice was to live holy. The third thing God helped them practice was to remember. And the fourth thing that God helped them practice was to live in a way that would match who God is. And by doing that, to be like a bright, shining star. I remember the first time you guys were allowed to stay up late and look at stars and how excited you were because they're so pretty and they're so fun to look at. So get this. Everything I just told you guys about their life in the desert happens in a part of the Bible called Exodus chapter 16. Chapters just help us find our way in the story. Okay, but if we were to jump ahead to chapter 18, then we'd hear about Moses visiting his wife's dad, whose name is Jethro. Now, what does Exodus mean? Exodus is rescue or leaving. So when they are, in English, exiting the land of Egypt, we call that the Exodus. It is when they are leaving the land of Egypt. It's the whole event of God setting God's people free. And then it's in a book of the Bible called Exodus that tells us the story of the Exodus. And then it includes this part where Moses visits Jethro. Jethro's not an Israelite. He is a Midianite. He's from a place called Midian. They're one of the groups that live around Israel. So my question would be, what gods do you think Jethro is likely to trust? Do, would you guess that Jethro trusts in Yahweh God or in other gods? Uh, Probably not Yahweh God. Probably other gods. Like, how is he supposed to know about Yahweh God? I think you might be right. So listen to this. The Bible says Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things Yahweh had done for Israel in rescuing them from the Egyptians. And he said, praise be to Yahweh who rescued you from the Egyptians and Pharaoh who rescued the people from the Egyptians. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all other gods because they did this for those who had treated Israel poorly. And then Jethro worshiped Yahweh God. The people were becoming like shining stars. Others just wanted to see. They were going to learn what God was like because they would live in a way that matches who God is. And when they did that, it was like they would shine out. So that's the story of Israel in the desert. As they went through the desert, God sent manna and they learned to trust God. God sent double manna on day six so they could rest on day seven. And they learned to be holy. God helped them remember And they carried around that jar of manna to remind them who they were. And God taught them to be the people who shone like stars in the sky. Working for six days and resting on day seven sounds like when he was creating the world. Oh my goodness. It totally sounds like that. Do you think they're connected? Yes. I think so too. So now we're going to turn to some awesome questions from kid listeners. My name's Lila. I'm from Florida. I'm five years old. My question is, was Jesus sad on the cross? Yeah, Jesus was sad. He was sad because it was a sad thing happening. He was sad for his followers who loved him so much. He was sad for the world because the world was so different than what God dreams. He felt lonely. It was a sad day. Jesus' own sadness reminds us that God knows what sad feels like. When we are hurting or sad or lonely, we can turn to our friend Jesus, who felt that way too, and know that he's with us. That's a great question, Lila. 
I'm Madsen. I'm seven years old. I'm from Florida. My question is, did God create sin? That's a great question. We say God made everything, but also that God made everything good. So sin isn't everything, but sin is not good. What is with that? God made a good world. And then God said to people, help me finish it up. Fill it with lovely things. Go out and add your own creative touches to the world. Let's be a team who live connected to each other. And then you can care for other people and animals and plants. Now, when God did that, God gave power to people. God shared their own power with people. And from then on, people got to choose what they would do with their power. And when people chose a different way that wasn't God's way, when they decided to have a world that would look really different than what God is like, well, we talk about that as sin. Sin is the stuff that God doesn't want, the stuff that hurts or it's sad or it's hard. Sin came from people, not from God. But what's amazing is that even if sin is people's fault, God decided to be the one who would fix it. God made fixing sin God's job. Thank you all for your great questions. If you have a thought or a question you want to send our way, we'd love to hear it. You can record your messages for us as a DM on Instagram at Meredith Ann Miller. A voice memo you can email to askawaypodcast at gmail.com or a voxer to askawaypodcast. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.